0: It was um, quite a pleasure having the opportunity to meet with some of you today. Um, it really, <clears throat> it's very helpful, and I think I could probably speak for all of us as teachers. It's very helpful to know what's actually going on in the room. You know, we see a bunch of faces and eyeballs and noses looking at us, but who are you? <laughs> you know, what's going on? Where are you? And so having that um, You know, those check-ins is is special and important, and it really matters to us to know where you are. Um, Obviously, all of you in different places, but it's helpful. And one of the things that really rose and rung true for me today um, was how complicated our relationship can be with caring for ourselves. You know, with loving ourselves, with being kind to ourselves with friendliness towards ourselves. Um, oftentimes we're far better at it with others and towards others, um, but there's sort of this thing that happens. You know, I, I hear often like, I can really do meta towards myself maybe as a child, um, but then something happens somewhere along the line where it gets less easy, you know? And I can definitely say that that was true for me And my relationship with metta was very complicated because I felt like the real work was in the Vipassana insight practice. Like that was where the rubber hit the road. And metta was just some flowery, like hippie shit. You know, it was like not real. It wasn't the real practice. And so I kind of like pushed it aside for about a good 10 years. I did not practice metta. I, I always missed this period. I conveniently was not in the hall during metta, and I was outside doing the real practice of walking and sitting. Until that didn't work anymore, right? <laughs> Until I hit some hard edges. Um, and a lot of the hard edges and what I hit was not necessarily um, with myself, but the compounding fracture of the external world hitting, my, hitting and meeting my internal world, right? So the, as I got older, seeing the struggles of this planet that we live on and seeing the struggles of politics and, and gender and society and culture, And I I started bumping into that in a way that felt very unkind and cruel. Um, And so that innocence was lost. Um, But because I, I perceived the world as unloving and unloving towards me, unloving towards each other, so then it just became harder and harder to know what that meant. So once I I had a teacher who said, for three months, you have to practice metta and only metta. And so I I was a good enough student where I followed that um, directive. And I did. But I realized that I couldn't love myself because I hadn't, I didn't feel worthy of loving myself. And I didn't feel worthy of loving myself because i caused a lot of harm to myself and to other people like I spoke about last night. That was like a small portion of the harm I'd caused. I was really good at harm. Okay. <laughs> I had a PhD in it. And uh, so I couldn't, I didn't feel like I deserved kindness or benevolence or care. So I needed a forgiveness practice first. Right. And once I started working on forgiveness and being able to put down that harm and work towards a future that looked different, um, I could start letting the kindness and the care in. So, maybe, um, you know, in a few days we can talk about forgiveness, the forgiveness practice. But for now, what I'd like to do um, really is. Sort of reframe the idea of love, right? We, we use this word love and, and it's used in, in, for meta, loving kindness, and just sort of reframe that word. Um, because oftentimes it's easy to associate that with romance or like this idea of unconditional love. And, and maybe we didn't have modeling of that. You know, maybe we didn't have that in our homes or we didn't really see that often enough to know what that looks like. So I kind of like to just lower the bar a little bit and, and reframe metta as those moments, you know, Kara talked about them today, those moments when maybe it's just okay. You know, maybe those moments when something unwholesome or isn't, isn't happening, right? When the kalesas, when greed, hatred, or delusion aren't present, Because oftentimes we oversee and overlook those moments. You know, we get really, we can grab really tightly onto when it's hard, but we miss when it's not hard. So maybe it doesn't need to be great. Maybe it doesn't need to be super heightened or ecstatic, this joy or ease or metta, but maybe it's just when things are okay, when there's some ease. When there's just, just some, I'll have people come into meetings going, there's nothing wrong. What's wrong? <laughs> you know, and we're so used to things being wrong that when there's nothing wrong, we, we end up looking for a problem and we don't really know how to be, just be with ease. So um, let's just, let's take a moment now, uh, a few moments. And my invitation is going to be actually that if you would like to, you can lie down. If you would like to. You can get as comfortable. I know, no one's going to do it until somebody does it. So somebody do it. And then (laughs) (laughs) if you'd like, it's just a... And if you change your mind and want to get up or if you change your mind and want to lie down, however, however you'd like to do it, you've been working hard. And sometimes the sitting posture is, is, is useful, so that's fine too. Whatever, however, you can, however you can receive, again, Cara, the palm. Like Think this is a receptive opportunity and practice today. Metta, that, that kindness towards ourselves, that care towards ourselves. Peer pressure. Ah! <laughs> There's still floor space. <laughs> hmm. You know, and if we look at this from a, a perspective of, you know, from a social justice perspective, where if we have enough, right, if we have shelter, if we have food, if we have clothing, if, if in some way there's equity, You know, not everybody has love. (laughs) So sometimes that needs to be this wise effort of cultivation. So at times that we can find the peace and ease, and then other times we need to cultivate it. We need to work towards, work at it, help it develop. if we're not familiar with it already. So first, in whatever posture you're in, however you're sitting right now, really allowing yourself to feel completely supported to the best of your ability, right? So feeling that floor, the earth. And to the degree that feels... Okay, to the degree that feels right to you. Really allowing your, your muscles, your tendons, your bones, this flesh suit that we live in, to unwind. At any time it doesn't feel okay, Do what you know to do to resource to the degree that is okay. Letting your muscles let go. Your body let go. And be held. Be held by gravity and the support of the ground, the floor. And then from here, let that belly be as spacious as you can. So softening your belly Breathing deeply, creating as much space as you can. All you need to think about right now is breathing in and breathing out. Very simple. Breathing in and breathing out. giving your belly, your abdominal cavity as much space as it can take. And then moving that spaciousness up into your chest area. Filling your whole rib cage, lungs, with each breath. And if you feel any tension there, it's totally okay to not push it. We hold a lot of emotions, tension, stress in our belly, our chest. So do what feels okay to you. Breathing in and breathing out. Softening with each breath. You deserve this. You deserve ease and peace. And then seeing if that breath can fill your arms, your legs, your feet, your hands. Up into your throat area. Over and over again, allowing yourself to be held You don't need to do anything breathing through the whole body and allowing the earth to receive. Anything that you want to let go of. Being held maybe in ways that you never have. And if an image is helpful, imagining a time when you felt completely at ease. Maybe you have a favorite place that you go or people you love being with. or a piece of art, or a book, or any time that you can remember when ease was present. And if visualizing isn't your thing, then maybe just the sensation in your body that you had, or are having, Maybe there was a level of happiness, some freedom, some peace. And I'm gonna use some phrases here that can be helpful when practicing metta, when cultivating a metta practice. Feel free to use these phrases if they feel helpful. If not, sometimes just having the experience in the body, the visceral and sensory experience. May I be happy. May I be happy. Just checking into what that feels like. Maybe resistance comes up. Maybe acceptance. Maybe a hope. Maybe a knowing. But just resonating, checking out those words, that tone in your own body. May I be happy. This well-wishing for yourself. May I be happy. Keeping the spaciousness and the breath and the holding if possible. May I be happy? May I be at peace and at ease? May I be at peace and at ease? What does that feel like in this body? The possibility. Maybe it doesn't feel like a reality right now, but maybe the possibility of peace and ease. May I be at peace and at ease. May I feel safe and protected from harm. Again, holding that idea, maybe it doesn't feel true right now, but holding the idea, may I feel safe and protected from harm. What would that be like? May I be free. May I be free from suffering From delusion, from aversion, from hatred, from clinging, from craving. May I be free. May I be happy. May I be at peace and at ease. May I feel safe and protected from harm. May I be free. May I be happy. May I be at peace and at ease. May I feel safe and protected from harm. May I be free. So these are some Classic phrases, maybe you wanna reword them to suit you. If there's rejection, tension, totally and completely okay. Again, this is a cultivation practice. Each time you feel tension, see if you can let that remember the ground holding you. Remember to soften the belly, soften the heart and the chest. We're not looking for anything huge. Ease and peace. May I be happy. May I be at peace and at ease. May I feel safe and protected from harm. May I be free. will just take some time with this practice on your own. And just a quick moment of checking in, seeing if you've drifted off somewhere. We're not used to staying present for ourselves for very long. If you have drifted off, seeing if you can redirect back towards caring for yourself. Back towards finding ease, putting down the story Allowing spaciousness in your belly, your chest. And using that to redirect and re-guide you back every time. And very gently, maybe if you're laying down and have gotten super relaxed, allowing yourself to wiggle your toes and your fingers, finding your body. And then taking as much time as you need Making your way back to a sitting posture. I'm paying attention right now to any way that even in changing position, we might lose contact with ourselves. So again, the invitation for metta to be able to be um, something that we carry with us all the time and sometimes it's just something that we recognize, right? When when everything has fallen away, what's left? What's left? One of uh, a teacher that I really respect, a teacher, a scholar, um, Ajahn Analio, Biko Analyo, um teaches metta as that which resides, like I said, once the kalesas have fallen away. So we don't have to go searching for something or thinking we're not getting it right. But what's left? What is the radiant heart and mind when we're not spinning So I actually wanted to leave a, a few minutes for questions about the meta practice, um, if there are any, because um, I know I was really confused about it for a while. So just specifically towards this practice, um, if anyone has any, and if not, we'll we'll walk. Yeah. i show you the microphone. Yeah, uh, Jozen's going to bring it. Thank you.
1: Hello? Okay. Um, so my question was referring to, like, trusting other people. So I, like, throughout my life I've uh, I noticed that when I go into, like, areas around where I know that people aren't very trustworthy, I kind of, like, hold myself in. And I've lived in areas and been in areas where, like, you can trust other people. Um, but I feel like uh, trust is, like, the greatest hindrance to... um mm. Get along with other people, I guess, or uh, being able to let loose and not confine your energy in some way. So um, I think like Dante's Inferno, (laughs) the bottom level was people who are like betraying other people, and I've really felt that where like the worst societies, the worst areas of town are where people you can't like trust other people, and people are always anxious, and so like definitely. Um, What do you? Do you have any advice for? Um what to like anything to say about how to uh kind of, like um behave yourself in areas where you feel like if you uh trust someone like bad things are gonna happen, I guess. Yeah, thank, thank you. Me.
0: yeah no, that's a, a beautiful question. Um and I I, I might read some uh, maybe I didn't bring it. Okay, that's okay. Uh you know, I've I've thought about that a lot and you know, how conventional wisdom, conventional wisdom, if we were to look at, um, especially the world today, it's like war, arm yourself, alarm systems, right? Do everything you can to protect yourself. That's what's happening in this country too. It's like protect, 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 protect. And that's what conventional wisdom tells us to do. Like Build a bigger wall, right? We need to build a bigger wall. Keep the enemy out. So, you know, to me, this feels in alignment with, with what your question is. So we do that with others, too. It's like, I'm going to protect myself. I don't trust you. And in, in this tradition is, is what I'll speak from, because there's probably multiple answers to that question. Um, but one of my favorite similes, that uh, <laughs> it's called the Simile of the Saw, um, and, and the Buddha talks about, even if bandits are holding you down and sawing off your limbs, that we as Buddhist practitioners should send them love and kindness. Doesn't seem very practical or rational, does it? So it, it's definitely a, 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 a simile and it's a story to be used as like a much bolder vision. But, you know, I like to ask myself, what good does it do? to protect myself. Because historically, when I've protected myself, what that also means is I've separated myself. So what a bigger wall means is that we create a separation and we other somebody. What blocking my heart or numbing or shutting down means is I don't let anybody in. I'm safe all by myself. Right? And so... This word trust is he is he is huge because what does that mean, ultimately? So, do we take the chance and tear down the wall and turn off the alarm and maybe get hurt, and also maybe get to deeply love and care for, or be close to and connect? Right. So it's a it's a question. It's a, a like a Rebecca said yesterday, the practice is a koan in that way, something for us to work over and play with, with ourselves, for ourselves. So like who here has spent their whole life trying to protect themselves to not get hurt? Yeah, and, and what ultimately happens? Well, A, we don't not get hurt, <laughs> right? It doesn't, it's not, it just doesn't not happen, It's part of that first noble truth again. Being alive, being born means that we are subject to some kind of pain and suffering. And so, you know, we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to take that chance? The the Metta Sutta is known to have been written um, by the Buddha when he was sending um, 500 ascetics into the forest to practice like i was talking about the forest monastics the other day and he sent them out into the forest and they were met with all of these demons and tree deities and these violent images and terrible smells and they were made very uncomfortable in the forest so they ran back to the buddha and said no buddha no buddha we can't practice there it's too scary it's too scary and the Buddha said, nope, you have to go back. You have to go back. So they went back again and the, the deities and the, you know, they didn't want them there and they scared them again and they run back to the Buddha. Anyway, that happens three times. And then the Buddha said, next time you go back, go back with this, this sort of poem of love, this poetry of love. Come with your hearts open, sending flowers, shooting arrows of love and, and uh, acceptance. And they went and, you know, so the story goes, the tree deities went, oh, thank you. And then, you know, they, they got to stay and then they stayed there for the rain's retreat and all was well. But, you know, again, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, you know, there's all these great stories in the suttas. Um, but it is sort of, it's, it's speaking to exactly what you're talking about. You know, what's it, what's it worth? What's the risk, the, the risk-benefit ratio and oftentimes the benefit is worth the risk does that mean we won't get hurt no does that mean we have discernment and wisdom in a very different way yes this practice definitely helps us with discernment there's a different way we know how to say no. We know how to say yes in a different way. Coming from a place of deeper wisdom. So that might be part of our protection. And it goes back to the wisdom and compassion, the, the middle path that Kara was talking about. We're not all greed and I'll take anything and you can treat me however you want. And woo, party's on. You know, It's not that, but it's also not nihilism. It's not just like never, never will I love again. So, this middle path, you know, we walk it all the time. I don't know if that helps. There's a lot of little nuggets, maybe some possible nuggets, but I vote for love. <laughs> Thanks. Maybe one, one more, if, if there is one. If not, it.
1: Um, I'm curious, I guess, logistically, with the intention to begin incorporating uh, meta into one's practice, mm-hmm. would the suggestion be to, you know, try and split, split time each day or like take a week, you know, switch off each week, each month? Or
0: yeah, what? good question. Um, I recommend doing it every day if possible. You know, um, I think it's a really great way to bookend a practice, like a formal sitting practice. So maybe if you're sitting 20 minutes, five and five with 10 in between, right? So five metta, 10 insight, five metta is a good way to do it. Some people will practice every other day. Someone like me who needed an intensive three months, (laughs) I really needed some good hard work. It was beautiful because metta can also be, and I, I know this word is being avoided, but it can be a really, it is a concentration practice also, right? So when we, when we say those phrases, just like, uh, you're not sitting there, the mantra, the, there you are asking about the mantra, you know, it's a, it's a way of settling the mind, settling the heart, landing, stabilizing, you know, and sometimes that's a great place to start our You know our mindfulness practice from. So again, no right, no right answer. um, But the answer is yes. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Definitely, definitely work it. And And I'll just throw in to 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 end is. It's not. It that doesn't mean it's easy. And for three months, I was like, bullshit, 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 right? Like, that was like, that was my mantra. <laughs> may I be safe, bullshit, may I be happy, bullshit, may I be at peace and ease, bullshit, may I be, you know, so it was like, talk about bookending, it was just like, exclamation, exclamation. So, not saying that it's just like, oh yeah, this is great, love everybody, no, Mm-mm. not my conditioning so but does that mean not to try it at all you know and so maybe we're trying it and there's like a little teeth gritting and maybe there's a little bit of resistance and that's okay it's we're polishing the stone you know um here's a james baldwin quote that i that i really like because i think james baldwin is king Um, love takes off the masks that we fear we cannot live without and know we cannot live within. I use the word love here not merely in the personal sense but as a state of being or a state of grace. Not in the infantile American sense of being made happy but in the tough and universal sense of quest and daring and growth. So I don't know, try it is all I can say. Check it out. And maybe love doesn't look the same for all of us. You know, for me love looks like service. I don't have this big like boom, boom 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 you know, it's like I'm not like that like that's not what love looks like for me. And that's okay. Like but I but I know but I know that I'll wake up at five AM to be there for anybody you know, so love for me looks like service, so I don't know, check out what, check out what love looks like for you, and where it lives in your body, and maybe it's not here, maybe it's here, or here, or you know, somewhere else, um, we give it a try. Thank you for your attention, and we have a walking period, Um, And we'll come back here for the Kuan Yin um, bowing and chanting. I'm going to talk a little bit about, um, and I was going to talk about it anyway, but I got it written, we got it written on a piece of paper about like appropriation um, of practices. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit before we begin. Um, But I'll see you soon.